Hey, what's up? Uh, listen, you're listening and you're watching. I mean, if you're if you are listening and if you are watching, this is Masters of Divinity. Hi, welcome. I'm your moderator, and I'm JP, and I'm here as always with Father Chuck. What's up? You're st- so you're still moderator? That's still <clears throat> second with the moderator thing, or is that just habit? Just habit. I like moderator because it has mod in the name. It's just sort of fun. I guess so. It, it you know it loses its meaning. Like it, it it's like on Harmon Town, um, where Jeff, who is not like the host of the show, the host is, is of course Dan Harmon, but Jeff is the comptroller. Mm-hmm. Um, even though like a comptroller is not a person who like has anything to do with a show, they just called right. him that. <laughs> right. It's a, it's a municipal job. Yeah. 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 So whenever they get like a new person to take Jeff's role, they're like, "Hey, that's some good comp trolling you got there." They're like, what does that mean? Like, we actually don't really know. We just started calling him the comp troller. So that's funny. <clears throat> so I'm the moderator, even though I really kind of use this title. So uh, who cares? <laughs> anyway, hi, I'm here too. Oh, hey, Chuck. Chuck, I'm so glad you could be here, man. Yeah, dude. Um. Uh, well, well, we're we're out of music mayhem, and uh, now we're back to our our usual our usual shenanigans uh, of uh, theology and media and um, just just a just a hoot nanny really uh, between Chuck and I here, or or is it a hoedown? Hoot nanny hoedown. Are we going to call this episode like the Prometheus Hoot Nanny? <laughs> I was going to call it Goth Star Trek. Ooh, I like that. Because Prometheus to me is Goth Star Trek. And I kind of wish, I wish that was the direction they would take. But instead, they circled it back around really quickly to the Alien movies. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about Prometheus, a movie that Chuck and I are pretty much fascinated with, even when we weren't big fans of it. A king has his reign. And then he dies. It's inevitable. civilizations that were separated by centuries and yet this same pictogram was discovered in every one of them they're smiling i think they want us to come and find them we're all here because of a map you two kids found in a cave not a map an invitation from whom please tell me you can read that Was picking up. It's reading life form. What do you mean a life form? Oh, the head. They're changing. Changing into what? It's moving. These things moving. What is that? There's a ship. They're leaving. To go where? Earth. We were so wrong. Take 
We saw this movie together, didn't we? We saw it together. We saw it yeah. opening day. We saw it at uh, the um, at downtown at Palm at downtown at the Gardens, Palm Beach Gardens. Very movie beautiful theater. movie theater. Really good. Very one. very beautiful movie theater. I remember it was summer. It was hot and it rained after. And it's like that's one of those great things about summer movie season is coming out of the movie theater and it has rained and it's yeah. just sort of you know, which was perfect for this movie. To the point yeah. where, like, I can't watch it unless it's like overcast outside. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 definitely one of those. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why, like, it was hard for me to like sit down and watch it because, like, I have a big old window behind my TV that's like yeah. I have like you know it's it's Hawaii outside right. and it's kind of hard to watch Prometheus when you when it's Hawaii outside. Yeah, when it's so beautiful because it's not either. It has to be just pitch black, like dark in the middle of the night, or like an overcast day. It's just so perfect for it. So. It's gloomy, but it's not like dreary. Well, and here's the thing: why why does Ridley Scott feel the need that the planets all have to be like it has to be Iceland, you know? <laughs> like Covenant, I haven't seen Covenant, but like even Covenant is like it's like the fjords, isn't it? It's not. Like, um, why don't they ever land on a tropical planet? Or is that just too predatory? Probably Covenant is pretty different, and it's the way it is because well. I've, I don't want to spoil it if you're, if you're like planning on watching it. I am planning on watching it. Okay. Whenever it's finally back on some service that I can watch it on. <laughs> um, Disney owns it. I don't, I don't know why they don't put it on Disney+. Plus. That's just... Or Hulu, because that's where they <laughs> put it on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I really would love it if Disney+, Plus would just slip like an R-rated pro- property on there. Mm-hmm. So that like families are like, oh, what's this? <laughs> I mean, it was in one of the parks for the longest time. Uh, it was. Alien was in, yeah, at the Grand American Movie Ride. Yeah, dude. Um, so we're talking about Prometheus. We saw this together. We both walked out of it thinking, Neh. Oh, no, no, no. Do you remember? You, I don't know if you recall. Yeah. I have never walked out of a movie filled with so much hatred. I don't I don't remember that, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I wish Keelan were on right now. Keelan would just go on and on about how I would not shut up about how bad that movie is. I would go uh, for weeks. I would talk about how, like, I would drive somewhere and think about it and just be furiously mad. Yeah, I mean, I, I am, I am kind of underplaying how I felt. I really didn't like it. I was really like, I was really upset by it. And I think the reason why. Let's get into it. Yeah, because this is this is also a conversion experience story. Yeah, because I, I think yeah. the reason why I don't like it, and and some of the flaws, I still, I still see. I think I was just really anticipating something wildly different than what we what we're usually used to when it comes to an alien movie or a sci-fi adventure film. I was waiting for I wanted my mind to be blown. You know what I mean? Like like 2001 blown. Because that's how they were kind of building it up. Yeah. Right? Like you're going to you're going to have like an existential crisis watching this movie, man, and I was like stoked. And it's like and yeah, cuz it's like Ancient aliens had been on TV for several years by this point. So yeah. whose mind was being blown by this? Right. 
Anyway, sorry, we're, just, and, we're getting ahead of ourselves. And I kind of, we kind of knew the premise of like the engineers are supposed to be like they they engineered humankind. But I was waiting for something more. Like I wanted, I don't know, I don't know what I wanted. Audiences don't know what they want. <laughs> and, yeah, well, and I will say this is one of those movies too that there is, I mean, it, it, it was so much hype, right? Because there was you know, Alien, hype. of course, is huge. Yeah, there was a lot of hype for this movie. I don't think people remember that. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is, is like Ridley Scott had stoked out, you know, staked out a bit of his career by this point. I think what was the last main thing he, big thing he had done was um, Kingdom of Heaven, right? I mean, he hadn't really done. No, well, that was his big like epic. He had he had done Body of Lies, and did he do the Counselor before Prometheus, or was it after Prometheus? I don't know, but the point being is that he had not done anything like like the last big thing he had done was kingdom of heaven it's historical right. you know type thing it wasn't it wasn't you know blade runner it wasn't alien yeah. it wasn't the stuff that people associate him with he hadn't done that in a long time on top of that alien of course was such a huge thing and it had been just completely ruined by the absolute dreck <laughs> that is alien versus predator requiem and the other Alien vs. Predator. You Look, could argue. Alien, I will stand by the fact that Alien vs. Predator is a fun movie. Okay. It's not great cinema. It's watchable and it's fun. Yeah. I, I I seldom walk away. Like, I, I don't care how bad a movie it is. I will generally sit down and watch it all the way through. It's it's a rare film that I will just get up and leave the room for. Yeah. Especially for a franchise that I love. And there's only two movies I can think of where I've done that. And that is Godzilla Final Wars. And... Um, and um, Alien vs. Predator Requiem. I, I just did not care about the ending. I just did not care how it ended because it oh, just... oh, it's just a, it's just like a, a, an inferior movie all around. It's a, it's a crappy film. It's it's probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. And it's just, oh, such fan service. Like oh, yeah. a predator alien hybrid. Of course, a predalien. Predalien. Ugh. Anyway, um, so yeah, so we had we had you know Alien, you know, and that was the thing that caused. Because, uh, you know, there was all these rumors that Ridley Scott and James Cameron were going to work on an Alien film together. And then when they found out that Alien vs. Predator was coming out, they're like, oh, we're done. This is like, it's sullied the franchise. We're out of it. And then we had, and then we got Avatar, James Cameron coming back into form with a big sci-fi film. And then now Ridley Scott was coming back to the Alien franchise by doing something set in that universe. And so obviously that's going to be huge. And then when we find out that it's going to deal with what that thing was the space jockey like what that thing was that we saw in alien like right there there's so much ground to cover and there's been so much hype that there was no way it was going to live up to it yeah and i think i think i think my reaction to prometheus initially and probably yours too is akin to the way some people feel about the last jedi i actually thought about that today <laughs> um but i i don't think even as i've come to love prometheus i i don't think it's as good as the last jedi no no uh no <laughs> but i, I and, and one theory i had as to like maybe why it was so maligned because we weren't the only ones who didn't dislike it this is a pretty divisive movie well yeah i remember red letter media uh did like a really great they're the one that did the video right where the guy was just sitting there and just being like why did, why this, did this do this and yeah. why did this happen and yeah why did ridley scott let his 12 year old son do the makeup for wayland how did the pre-recorded hologram old man and old man makeup know where to look at the scientists at why would holloway assume that the air was okay to breathe inside the spaceship just because they detected an oxygen atmosphere what about alien diseases and deadly microbes 
I would have kept my space helmet on just in case. I mean, and, and that's that's it though, right? Because it's like you have Damon Lindelof working on the script. He comes from the J.J. Abrams school of writing, which is you know mystery box writing, which is like to leave more questions than there are answers. And people even kind of brought that up. He was like, "Oh, that's kind of the point." And we're like, "No, it shouldn't be." <laughs> right, especially when you're touting this as like we're going to sort of answer the questions that were left when you watched the first Alien. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of have my own theory as to why it was so maligned at the time. And I shared this with you the other day, which is that, and something I kind of still hear to this day, which is that like all the scientists are stupid mm -hmm. and made stupid choices. Who cares? Scientists do stupid things all the time. It's why they're scientists. It's, they're kind of allowed to do stupid things, actually. Um, yeah. But I think the reason why people were so offended by that at the time was because uh, 2012 peak nerd culture right uh mm -hmm. avengers just coming out dark knight rises coming out um the whole geek chic thing was just sort of like at a boiling point i think right. in my opinion big bang theories on tv i effing love science is like all over your facebook feed that's what i was getting to the, because with nerd culture came an interest in and in science and technology and stuff the tech bros the tech bros were starting to come into power and like they weren't you know cringy yet <laughs> people loved Elon Musk and and uh, I don't know if they ever loved uh, uh, Bezos uh, I don't think there was ever love for him but uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, there was a renewed interest in in, in uh, Carl Sagan um, yeah. and you like you pointed out there was that Facebook page I effing love science which was huge at the time and also very obnoxious mm -hmm. um, even even a Still. renewed a renewed love for Bill Nye Yep. And so science was a really big thing at the time. And I think the Curiosity rover had just been launched as well. Right. Um, and, and this movie, it looked like it well, was I can a very... also say, this was in some way also thematic elements with this movie a little bit too, is this was also where, like it was a hotbed for like religion versus science oh, yeah. arguments uh -huh. on the internet. Like it was sort of a given that that was going to happen on yeah. almost any comment thread. Right. Um. So that's, I think that was also kind of part of the appeal that this is like, this is sort of like the, the high point of like nerd culture, like coming home. Mm -hmm. It's like a big scientific movie, a big sci-fi film directed by Ridley Scott um, in the alien universe. And then like, you know, the scientists aren't anywhere near as cool <laughs> as anyone <laughs> was hoping. Uh, they're actually all like terrible. They're either like terrible people or they are very stupid. Um not 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 uh, aspirational in the least bit. Nothing to really kind of uh, you know hold up on an altar or anything like that. Right. Um, so it, yeah, it kind of yeah. Yeah, I just want to comment. I just remember watching the movie and the scene where um, I can't remember the two guys' names. Um, the one with the mohawk and then the other guy is the just the coolest hoodie I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, I love that hoodie. <laughs> Milburn, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. The two of them when they get stuck in the cavern with the uh, with the cylinders. Right. And the one dude like injects some kind of like like weed vape into his yeah <laughs> helmet and I remember even sitting in the theme like oh for real like no scientist would act like this I know yeah and the part where they're like taking their helmets off scientists wouldn't take their helmets off and it reaches oh, right. out to the thing scientists would reach out to the to to the thing and they're like come on I mean at the time that that, that was the criticism some people still use that criticism but it's like man that's not the pitch for this movie and. I also, like, I didn't love the writing, and it did kind of turn out just to be, like, another alien movie, but without a xenomorph. 
Um, and that was kind of really anticlimactic for me. The whole thing felt very anticlimactic. Um, I didn't love many of the characters. Um, I thought the writing just fell really flat, even though it was like a beautiful film. Like cinematography is amazing. <laughs> like production design, oh, costuming, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I just could not bring myself. And I got into some fights, dude, over this movie. <laughs> like, people who were, like, defending it. Um, and, and I don't think I've ever, like... I don't usually go to bat against a movie. That's not really my thing. I don't really mm-hmm. care if you like something I don't like. I just move on. Um, but back then, I was, like, passionately, like, No, you must recognize this is a bad movie. We're headed yeah, yeah, in the yeah, wrong yeah. direction. Yes, no, I'm with you. <laughs> but now... Things have changed a little bit, and, and I've I've really really softened on it. Uh, but I want to hear why you softened it because you did it first. Now you did it a while ago, way before I did. Yeah. Me just recently. Yeah, I think I was still living. I think I was still living in my West Palm house. I think you were. I think you I bought had, it on Blu-ray. Where, huh? Did you buy it on Blu-ray or something? No, 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 no. I was, I was, I had HBO and I was flipping through the channels one day and it was on. <laughs> and I was just like, cause the thing is, it's like, as much as I didn't like the, I, I didn't like the plot of the movie and different things about the movie. I thought I, like, like we just said, the production design, costuming, all of that is cool. And one of the yeah. things that I always thought was really cool <laughs> is I love the way that everybody dressed on the ship. They weren't in like uniforms. They were very casual. Yeah. And I love that. Like, um, oh gosh, what's his name? The poor man's Tom Hardy. Um, Shaw's like boyfriend. What's his name? Oh, that guy. See, here's the thing. I still don't like him. Uh, <laughs> his name is uh, Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, no, I mean his character. Name. Charlie Holloway. Holloway, thank you. Yeah. Holloway, like I love like when they're like he's given the mission briefing and he's in like these sort of like ankle high pants wearing slippers. Like I just thought that was just kind of yeah. cool. Everybody's like in hoodies, chilling and, and and hanging out. And I just like that style of it. So. That, that bit was on and so i started watching it it just caught my attention i was like oh i'll give it another go and as i started watching the movie again i started to realize like a number of things one i realized the fact that the scientists are stupid and that like and like the guy with the mohawk like first of all is like what people got upset about his character he's like i'm just in it for the money and people like what scientist is just in it for the money well there are lots of scientists who are in it for the money um that, that exists because awful people exist in all careers um but the other thing that caught my attention was that the movie goes out of its way to talk that this is a one trillion dollar expedition to go fly out to this planet. And like for us sitting in 2012 watching it, we're like, well, that's a lot of money. But if we put ourselves in 2089, a trillion dollar expedition might not actually be that expensive. And so thinking about like just like finance, just like the like with what inflation and stuff is I'm realizing like. It's money, but it's not like a lavish amount of money. This isn't John Hammond, I spared no expense. This is like, maybe this is actually sort of like, he's celebrating the fact that we're doing this major expedition and like saving money in the process. And so what that means is, is that just like in Jurassic Park, where we hear all this Hammond talk about, I spared no expense, I'm doing all this stuff. Well, it turns out he didn't spend the money where he needed to, which is classic classic of all companies. You, you, you underpay your IT guy. Um, and so, like, he didn't get the best scientists. He got the scientists who were in it for, like, fame, wealth, money, all of that. Waylon was not trying to get, like, the best people. And so once I realized that, the whole tenor of the movie changed. And I realized that he grabbed people who were in no way prepared for what they were doing. 
And so the whole situation, everything that, that, that happens is because other than Shaw, no one like Shaw and David, nobody is prepared for what they're experiencing. Right. And, and then the other bit I got out of it was, and I know we'll talk about this later, but like in the scene where she enters the med pod to do the, the, which is maybe one of the most intense cinematic scenes I have ever seen um, to, you know, for her to use this is I realized there's an interesting commentary on the medical industry, which I was very, I was very sensitive to because I think Kana was pregnant at the time when I rewatched this and we had become very aware of the fact that there's so much weird complications around childbirth that you don't hear a lot about. Notably the fact that childbirth is like treated like a disease by the American medical industry. And so I was very attuned to this. And so the fact that the movie tells us the med pod is a med pod, uh, built for a man. And so like, yeah, that was funny. so the health care that this woman needs to receive is from a man and designed for a man. It's not intended and designed for her. Right. Obviously she is basically performing an abortion. Um, and so there's this interesting commentary on women's rights and women's bodies that I think is, I'm sure it's like shoehorned in there, but it, you know, knowing that it's alien, the alien universe, it really kind of fits with some of the commentary that we got from alien about all this stuff. Um, cause right. You know, alien is famous about, you know, applying women's fears of sexual violence to men and kind of getting men on board with what that's all about. That's true. Um, yeah. and so, um, and so just seeing like those couple things, it made me appreciate the movie in a very different way and realize it's operating on a different level than I had given it credit for. And I realized that I had mostly been judging it from by comparing it to Alien. And I had not been watching the movie and, and, and engaging with it on its own merits. And once I was able to engage with it on its own merits, I realized there is there is a lot more going on. There's a lot more. A lot of the stupid stuff is actually very defensible and that it's not stupid. Um, it's just, yeah, there's still a lot of dumb in it, but it's easy to look past the flaws, I think, um, because of the framing of things. And that's, that's kind of, I kind of arrived at the same ideas is that I feel like my eye was looking for something else as opposed to looking where like Ridley Scott was trying to direct my attention, which is like, I think mostly to David. Yeah. And when you pay more attention to David, which I just realized I dyed my hair blonde before this episode, just like how he dyed his hair while watching Lawrence of Arabia. The trick, William Potter, is not minding that it hurts. Uh, (laughs) um, But if you pay more attention to David, it's really his movie. And the fact that he's not, like, headlining it, that's on purpose, too. And it's just a commentary on, like, you know... We're, we're expected we find out that like someone else has created us and we're very curious about it we're going to try to talk to them and we don't expect robots to like do the same thing right in a way and i kind of feel like in a way david was feeling in a, in a, in a different i don't know how he was feeling like um he was being held back or he wasn't allowed the same privilege they was but he but without also kind of knowing it it was just sort of like intuitive in a way Mm-hmm. As if, that, if that makes any sense, I don't know. <laughs> because he does make comments throughout the movie that is like, why would, why would he say that? He's a robot. You think we wasted our time coming here, don't you? 
Your question depends on me understanding what you hope to achieve by coming here. What we hope to achieve was to meet our makers, to get answers. Why they... why they even made us in the first place. Why do you think your people made me? We made you because we could. Can you imagine how disappointing it would be for you to hear the same thing from your creator? <laughs> I guess it's a good thing you can't be disappointed, huh? Yes. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, coming from that perspective and also um, just sort of like going with the flow of taking in the design and letting that kind of add to the experience of the film and to like the set pieces, I still feel like maybe it goes a little too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, it, it, I still think it's a bit anticlimactic in a way. Um, but I just kind of enjoyed, I enjoy the atmosphere of it. I enjoy the adventure aspect. Of it. Like I said, I look at it as, I look at it as goth Star Trek. Yeah. And I, th- I think part of the problem with a lot of the movie, because it's where the movie is really weak is in the places where it tries to connect to the alien stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's probably like studio notes. Right. They weren't, they were afraid that it couldn't stand on its own as a film because in a way it sort of breaks alien. Cause what I, what I think works better for alien is the story works better and it's scarier when the idea is like these things are just out there. Right. Like these creatures are just out there. The idea that they were engineered for a purpose. Yeah. I think weakens alien a bit. Yeah. That's true. And that is kind of the point of the first alien is that it does have a sort of Lovecraftian, uh, uh, vibe to it, which is that like it's like the fear of the unknown. There's like an existential thing going on where like no one knows what these things are, where they come from, why they're here, why is it killing us? We don't know. Yeah, still don't and, really know, except that it's well, well, it's a weapon, so it has nothing to do but kill. Even that in its own is kind of creepy, but still like yeah, well, mystery. and and like, but it but like, just get back to Alien. Like it adds to the story. Like Prometheus adds to the Alien mythos in the sense that Alien story takes place only because bishop or not bishop sorry ash is you know and mother the 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 artificial intelligence that runs the nostromo they're programmed with like a subroutine that's meant to stop like they have to investigate any potential like signal for intelligent life and there's like this whole thing that they like these truckers in space have no idea that they're sort of pawns in this corporate scheme to like find out about intelligent life or whatever and that the idea being that if you look at Prometheus solely based on the storyline of Wayland takes a voyage out to find aliens that he believes have created humanity and then never comes back to Earth, you can see why like wait like the Wayland Yutani Corporation would incorporate this protocol in all of their ships because they're looking for him. That's interesting. And and so the idea being that when they when they investigate this crashed ship, they first encounter an alien species that they had no idea existed and it's mummified. And then on top of that, they, there's these eggs and it, you know, and it, it, um, and, um, you know, it impregnates John Hurt and, you know, they, 
have this whole horrible side story that to me is much scarier if it has no connection that somehow this engineer just suffered their same fate. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think um, I, I read some interviews and watched some interviews with uh, Damon Lindelof and um, he was kind of on the same wavelength with that. And he was actually the one that tried really hard to separate it from Alien. Yeah, because John Spate's script was like really tied to Alien. I oh yeah, I mean they, they they say uh, like uh, uh, Lindelof said that they're using the word facehugger like thirty pages in or something. Oh wow! Like there's 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 facehuggers or xenomorphs like it's an alien movie, uh, and like he, when he came in, he's like, no, like let's make this its own thing. Like let's distance it away from Alien as far as we can. And he was using the Star Wars prequels as an example. Of how, like, why why are you telling me something I already know? Like, yeah. I know how this is going to end up. So, like, what's the point even watching it? Um, so he kind of took, he ran with that as a premise for his, writing the screenplay. Um, which is to kind of, like, it would, it would, it would, A, protect the integrity of the other movies. Mm-hmm. And also, it would be like seeing something new at the same time. Even though they are connected in a sort of in, in a way, um, and I th- I think he for the most part accomplished that. Um, even though yep. we we do know like where it comes from, it doesn't like you know it's not like Revenge of the Sith where it just like leads into. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you know you don't see it. It's not like Darth Vader showing up in Revenge of the Sith. I guess is, I guess was sort of right. the uh, idea. Yeah, like the the final shot isn't the egg chamber from yeah alien <laughs> right you know um yeah i um I, but that's and that's and that was my feeling actually after watching it the second time and realized i actually liked the movie is that i was disappointed that they didn't really double down more on the mythology they were establishing with prometheus and i wished it had been much more of its own because i'm a i'm a i'm I remember when like, it was in video games in the mid nineties is where I started to first heard about, like first learn about side stories, yeah. the idea of like video games that take place within the same universe as another game, but it's not, it's not like part of that universe. And like when, um, when was that awful, uh, what's that awful Kurt Russell movie where he's a, a replicant? Um, Oh, is that soldier? <laughs> yeah. That was originally supposed to take place in the Blade Runner universe, I guess, but they kind of, yeah, got rid of most of those references but like that, that that kind of thing fascinates me the idea of tell me a story within that universe yeah that doesn't you know and that's a, that's a complaint we all have about star wars right is that inevitably star wars circles back to the stuff that's familiar right. and it often makes the universe feel very small yeah it's much more cool when it's bigger yeah um, and i feel like that's a prometheus that's definitely what they're trying to do and i feel like they they were on the right track yeah. Um, I wor- I really wish my my big complaint that I still have now after just watching it again. Um, I love the moment leading up to, uh, you know, David discovers that there's like an engineer. There's one more engineer and he's still alive, but he's you know kept in hypersleep. Hypersleep. She has her C-section, uh, her squid baby abortion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, finds such out. an intense scene. Oh yeah. my gosh, so well done. It is great. Like that leads into finding out that Whalen is alive and on the ship. And then we're gonna go go uh, uh, confront this engineer that is alive, like yeah. that sequence in its own. It's like like oh god, like this is all just spiraling out of control. Yeah, um, the fact that 
Well, and I, I will say that's one part I don't like about the movie. I don't like the scene where Shaw basically collapses in the room and sees Waylon awake. And it was like, we're not going to stop to deal with the utter psychological trauma you have just experienced. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It moves a little too quick, this movie. Yeah. Um, and so uh, leading up to seeing the engineer and then they let him out and he, and he, they try to talk to him and he just kills David <laughs> and like, and kills Wayland as well, which by the way, I don't know why, like, this is why I love David so much. Wayland is dying and he's like, there is nothing. And David is like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, that's why I love David. <laughs> he's one of my favorite characters in sci-fi. Um, but uh, just the fact that, like, the engineer just, like, was like, I'm just going to start killing fools left and right right now. And then, uh, uh, like, there, there's, there, uh, give, give me a little something here. You know, don't just become, like, a, another monster movie. Right? Okay, so that's why I'm that's And I think that's why I was upset the first go around. Because it is kind of devolving into just another alien movie just without the xenomorph. And maybe, and I don't know, I don't know what that would take. Like, does he have to go into monologue? Like... I, I don't know about that, but I don't know. Give me something and not just like a uh, run and scream, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. I, I, like it, it, in some cases it works. Like it works in Jurassic Park, but those are just dinosaurs. <laughs> and we, we, well, we, we, we said enough of that we want to say throughout that movie, which doesn't really require much, but it's a big, it's a little bit of a bigger subject. You're, you're, you're promising me a little bit more with something like this. Well, to where it's just this, like, oh, it's just another monster trying to kill me. Well, and you had this great moment where the where the engineer looks at them and he has this absolute look of terror on his face where he realizes, oh, this is the thing we made. It came to us. Yeah. Like, there's a story there, right? And that's implied in the name Prometheus, the idea of, you know, the, you know. Uh, but I, 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 like, that to me as a story is like, somehow let me know that this thing is terrified yeah. Like why it's terrified of the thing it made. Like that's. But one thing that was kind of funny is that once he starts like killing everybody, they the look on his face is like he's he's having a grand old time. Like it's he mm-hmm. thinks it's kind of funny, <laughs> you know. And then when it comes yeah. after Shaw, which I actually think is a really great moment when you realize, oh, he's coming for you now, because that's what David is saying. He's coming for you. Like he's like pissed. Um, and then that giant starfish kills him. Yeah, um, Star of the Conqueror kills him. <laughs> well, it, well, ovipositors him with the deacon, with what they call the yeah. The but even that to me is very anticlimactic in itself. Like, give me like I just, we, we talk about Jurassic Park more than a few times already, but yeah. like the part where like you know the final showdown in Jurassic Park was the Raptors chasing after Tim and Lex in the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. Give me something like that with this guy. Yeah, you know. Show me like what he can do. Like what is it? What are, what is it about him that's so scary? Except right, he's just like a big albino guy, big white man. Yeah. Um, and uh, and another thing that I feel like is sort of a kind of a shows me that it, it, it moves along a little too fast, but not without context. Is um, Idris Elba's character? Uh, what was his name? The captain. Oh, Idris Elba's character. Uh, I can't remember his name, but yeah. Well, I have I have IMDb up here because that's how good of a moderator I am. Janik. Like, I'm. Yeah, I'm so I'm so bad. I don't remember anyone's name, but Shaw. I just call them <laughs> pretty much by their actor names. Yeah. Like especially when it's like Charlize Theron and <clears throat> Idris Elba. Which, by the way, we've gone an entire almost a we've gone like you know 
over 30 minutes of talking about this movie, we've yet to talk about Charlize Theron. I know, Vickers. Um, but even about like even Vickers, like that's there's there's a lot of characters where I feel like we're really underwritten, um, mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like we're, we're we can gloss over them. It, their characters are underwritten, and it's a very fast paced movie. Um, and I'm and I'm getting into Janik, like he he and his crew decide to just like kamikaze, right? Uh, the the ship, and they're very cavalier about it. Like yeah, let's do it. I'm like really. Uh, Okay. <laughs> yeah, like at what point do they learn that like for sure the engineer is taking this stuff to Earth? Well, like, Janik is the one who is like very convinced that this is like a military installation and that this is where they test and keep all of their weapons. And that's what all these things that are like screwing them is like their weapons. And they're all the, the purpose is that they're all just here to kill everybody. And then um, what's her face? Shaw is able to escape. And she's outside the Prometheus, and she's the one that's like, basically tells them like you have to stop them because they're gonna take they're they're definitely going to Earth because the the globe inside the ship. Oh right, 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 right. You saw the planet Earth, so it's like. Right, but, definitely... but 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 the point is, it's all conjecture. <clears throat> we don't actually know for sure. No, that's very true. Yes, it is. Um, <clears throat> which is a, a problem, like kind of everybody has with this movie in particular, which is like a lot of it is conjecture. Like it's conjecture that Janik that knew that it was like a military installation that. Uh, what's his face? The big space jockey was going to destroy Earth. That's all conjecture, at the, kind of, I guess. But like, <laughs> it just kind of moves along for the convenience of its own screenplay, which is kind of a Damon Lindelof thing. Yeah. Well, um, and and, and I, I I just remember that whole last sequence, like that whole last third of the movie. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm just like. I couldn't really pay much. The first time I saw it, I couldn't really pay much attention to it because the whole time I'm just like. Shaw stapled up under that armor. Like, <laughs> I know, I know. That me too. I can't no stop feeling like, surviving. Yeah, <laughs> I just like I just feel her pain in like every yeah. step she takes, and that's yeah. a that's just like because that scene was so intense, and also because she's like just, Numi Rapace is just like a really great actress. Um, uh, <clears throat> but let's like, talk about her. Get a staff infection? Like you can't just <laughs> hop in a ship and fly off. Like what are you gonna do? Like, yeah, you have. You just blew up your only human medical facility. I just, uh, anyway. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then there's also another character, Vickers, played by Charlize Theron, who is sort of the, um, I guess she's like the Whalen um, representative on the ship, I guess. Spoiler and alert. Turns out to be Whalen's daughter, right? Or granddaughter. Or Which I, I love how it's, I love how it's played like a big twist. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Because it just happens <laughs> in the middle of just like, I mean, the twist comes right. Doesn't the twist come right after the the med pod abortion? Yes, right after it leads right yeah. into it. So like, there's no room for that to actually breathe. It's just like, yeah, because she's running like away, twist, but it's just, and it means nothing. Yeah, she she has the, the med pod scene, and she's running away. That that's where she her running is in the yeah. But it does. But I can also see where they're trying to go with it, right? Because the whole theme of the movie is about people facing their creators, right? And so the idea of Charlize Theron facing her father, who is, you know, in a sense, a creator figure because he gave her life and definitely parenting issues in the movie. Yeah, I know. What is it with? What is it with? What is it with the directors of like the new Hollywood generation that's just like daddy issues? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, Shaw is, is, is an interesting character. Um, because she's she's a woman of faith. She has this cross. She doesn't really talk much about religion. Um, Can I say that's the thing that I get like that always kind of gives me the giggles when I watch when I watch the movie 
is the extent of her religious belief is she wears a cross. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and like we're supposed to look at that and be like, oh, she's such a deep fit. Like she wears a cross. Yeah, like, and everyone comments on it. Like, why, why are you wearing that? You got to take that <laughs> off now. <laughs> They're porn stars who wear crosses. So like. <laughs> Um, but it, I mean, that, that's kind of the point of the movie, right? Is to be about like, a having a crisis of faith, confronting your maker, having, a, and like having your world kind of rocked by that confrontation. Right. It's, it's, yeah. you get the answer. You're not really anticipating. <laughs> I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. That's, and that's the other thing too, is like, I, I sort of, I felt that Shaw is sort of so excited about like like it's clearly a movie to me that's made by it's trying to make like a christian person who is not a christian and doesn't really know what a christian believes because she's like oh we find out that aliens made us like that should probably be a bit of crisis of faith for you but she's all like we can go meet them like uh, yeah okay but it's i think it's interesting because it's like whenever someone when when holloway asks her like well, he he tells her like, you don't need that anymore. That cross, like, it doesn't mean anything. And she's like, well, we don't know that. Like, you know who mm-hmm. you know who made you. She's like, well, who made them? Yeah. And that's just kind of. I mean, it's it's not like super deep or anything, but I know. I mean, it's a nice little element. And then of course, you know, they they land on Christmas Day. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's I technically to... a Christmas movie. We should start it. Prometheus is a Christmas movie. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We should park a little bit at it's like it's attempts at themes of faith. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I yeah. was wondering, I'm actually wondering too if some of the Christian allegory, like some of the Christian imagery and all of that is still a holdover from that one draft of the script where they were going to explicitly tell us that the engineer, like oh, one of the engineers went to earth and was Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that the alien, that basically the xenomorphs are engineered as revenge for us killing Jesus. Is, is that canon or is that just an address? It's not canon. Okay. But it, it apparently was like, it, like he, Richard Ridley Scott brought it up in an interview that this was like a, a plan, but then it was determined that that would be too on the nose. <laughs> But it's still there because they make a comment about that they're getting revenge for something that we did. Yeah, that's one of those unresolved plot points that never gets addressed and it but, ends very mystery box kind of thing. Yeah, but it was supposed to be that apparently we missed out that Jesus was like an eight-foot-tall white <laughs> albino man. What I want to know is... Yeah. So in this scenario, we know that Jesus is a Jew, right? Okay. So are we one trying to say that ancient Jews all looked like giant, tall, white muscle, muscle men, or did we have like a dude walking around with like a stick on beard? (laughs) (laughs) Did one of the engineers try to like hide himself like a Jew? Remember when you were a kid and you tried to be like a little person and you wore like your your shoes on your knees yeah yeah that's what he was trying. he was walking around on his knees he has like sandals on him. <laughs> um so i just wanted to did, did he have like yeah did he did he wear the kippa and then he like tape on a beard and well he had 12 apostles to like the reason why he had 12 apostles so they could stand around behind him so like his legs weren't showing <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. I love it. 
It makes sense. Oh, yeah, then, and that's why his mother's name is Mary, because he can just be like, oh, yeah, Mary, because it's such a common name. He's like, oh, Mary, you know Mary. That was my mom. Wait, so you mean to tell me the original draft of this, where they envisioned the engineers being these giants, he gets crucified? He gets captured by the Romans and crucified? Apparently so. <laughs> <laughs> See, he didn't actually ascend. He just stood up at full height and then walked away. The Transfiguration, when he's, his clothes are dazzling white, he just took off his robe. <laughs> it was a hologram. I that clearly no one thought any of that through when this suggestion was made. And I love that it persists on the internet that yeah. that this is what Prometheus was about. Um, but I do. I, but I, I am fascinated, though, because part of the big thing behind this movie, and they thought it was so mind-blowing, as though no one had ever heard of Chariots of the Gods, right. is this idea that aliens that aliens made humanity and that that helps reconcile religion and science um yeah because that was something i read i read a thing last night where ridley scott had said you know the catholic the vatican and nasa agree that we couldn't have become what we are without some help along the way and so like they're trying to see this as a, a way to sort of reconcile these two things but like ultimately right anyone of faith is going to be like shaw like well who made them right so like there becomes these bigger, more pressing, interesting questions. But I, but I, I ultimately feel like the movie thinks it's more profound than it really is. Yeah. Um, Look at it as goth Star Trek, an away mission that goes terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wrong that like the Enterprise would have to crash into a ship to keep it from leaving. Dude, that would be. Is that what Tarantino Star Trek would be like? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I, I thought of it like how, I was. I, I always wonder like, how come there isn't a star? How come they never thought of a Star Trek movie? It was just like it's just an away mission, and it just goes bad, just terribly wrong. Dude, a Star Trek horror film. Yeah. I hope we're getting to that sort of place with Star Trek because you know there's just like it's just so much Star Trek right now. Yeah. And with, I I I really would I would like to hope that we're open to the idea of like a stand like a one off Star Trek movie. About some random ship, right? But yeah, they're, it's an away mission that just goes horrible. Though uh, the show Lower Decks deals with this, like regularly, there are like away missions that go horribly wrong. Yeah. Um, but of course, it's played up for more comedic aspects rather than for actual horror. But yeah, dude, <laughs> I could see this very easily being a Star Trek. Totally. Even the score has a very Star Trek sound to it. How would I mean, you rank we... this amongst the other Alien films? Um, well, let's see. I will say, when it comes to the ranking the Alien films, it's a tough one for me with Alien and Aliens. Because oh, yeah, they're both so good, but they're so different. Yeah. You know, I, I think I love Alien as much as Aliens, but Aliens has ended up in my top ten of all time. Mm-hmm. God, I love that movie so much. Yeah, I think, I think what makes Aliens such a good film is that it it does what a good sequel is, and that is it takes the stuff from the first movie, but then takes it further without just redoing it. Yeah, and perfectly structured. Yeah. Cameron's just good at that. He, the man knows structure. More than Mel Gibson. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I, I think I probably have to go with Aliens, then Alien. Or at least yeah. they're... But they're so close again, it's hard for me to... And then um, after that... Uh, Probably Prometheus. I've never mm. seen Alien Three, so really? I don't have 
I've never seen Alien Cubed. Nope. I didn't know you hadn't seen Alien Cubed. I own it, and I've never seen it. I do too. Um, I I really like Alien Three. I I find it to be underrated. Uh, uh, saw it in theaters when I was very young. <laughs> talked talked my babysitter into taking me, and she regretted it because she was like terrified throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Nice. You know, the Alien movies, after Alien 3, I, I mean, I, I really don't like Alien Resurrection. I really don't like it. I saw the movie in theaters with my mother, and, ah, oh, God, that movie's so bad. There are people who, who go to bat for that for that one. And I'm like, you know what? I, I You convinced me of Prometheus. I can't come with you on, on Alien Resurrection. Just can't do it. Wait, it's, just such have... a, it's just such an ugly movie. Yes, and when you have, I mean, and, and when you have, when you have that, the child, is that what they call it? Oh, uh, the newborn. The newborn. Yeah. When it literally says mama at one point, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's, I don't know. The it's, best part of that movie, though, is when they finally arrive at Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Which, this is, I mean, my friend Josh and I are big Alien fans. We were talking about how funny it is that the first alien movie begins with Ripley just trying to get to earth. <laughs> yeah. And she doesn't get there until alien resurrection, a cloned version of her finally gets there. <laughs> and that's when, um, that's when, um, what's his face? Um, Hellboy. What's his name? Oh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah. When Ron Perlman calls earth a, an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, is, is, is fantastic. But, um, oh, that movie is so bad. It really is. It's great actors, though. Ron Perlman, he's great. Even, um, 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 oh, God, I need to look this up real quick because he's such a great character actor. <sighs> Brad Dorif. Brad Dorif. Oh, yeah. yeah. The voice of Chucky from Child's Play. Uh, he plays one of the evil scientists. He's the guy that does, like, the monologues. He's just so beautiful, this yeah, little yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to get his head bitten off, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, just the top bitten off. Yeah. Yeah, that oh god, I could get and then like the the implied sex scene between Ripley and like the xenomorphs and just ugh, oh yeah. a horrible movie. Yeah, it's funny the, you um, find like an early photo of Joss Whedon when he had like long hair. Like yeah, this movie definitely came out of the mind of that guy. Yeah, <laughs> it's um, I mean I know that it's I know that it's one of those movies where just like so many studio notes and so much pre production crap that just rolled into it, but it's really a bad movie. I tell you the I, the only. The, the sequence with the aliens like swimming in water is kind of cool, but it's so it's such bad CGI. Um, it's like Deep Blue Sea. That was a freaking Deep Blue Sea. They all like almost died making that scene. Yeah, because <laughs> they were really underwater. Yeah, and they like yeah. But I um, uh, I remember seeing the movie theaters and just being like, this is terrible. Um, I wanted to like it, but I just. I just couldn't. But, and it was also added to the fact that my buddy Josh and I, when we used to go to like fan conventions and toy collector conventions, he bought the script for it. Oh, really? <laughs> before we ever saw it. So he read the script and he was describing scenes like involving the guy in the wheelchair and stuff. And I was like, oh, that sounds like awesome. And then and those scenes did show up in the movie. And I'm like, eh, it didn't play out like I thought it did when I read the script. Yeah. Um, but um, he bought Alien. He bought Alien 4 script. That's what it was just called, Alien 4. And I bought. Uh, Godzilla, the uh, Jan de Bont Godzilla script, which is famously terrible. Is that the one with uh, had the Griffin in it? Yeah. Okay. It's wow. bad. Wow. It's really bad. <laughs> um, I still have it somewhere, I think. But um, um, 
but yeah, that was the only movie script I'd ever bought. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Alien Resurrection is terrible, but I would watch it before I'd ever watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Oh, yeah, that yeah, much. in a heartbeat. I'd never want to watch Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Never. I would watch Alien vs. Predator again. That movie's fun. Yeah. I like, just because Lance Henriksen playing Wayland is really cool. Like, I, that's kind of fun for me. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and the idea, the idea that, like, the, like the idea in the movie is kind of fun that the predators have like a pyramid where they do like their rite of passage training for like right. their their teenagers to like hunt a xenomorph like that's kind of that's a cool idea yeah I'm on board yeah um, I, I liked the the alien queen I always thought looked looked really cool in that movie the way they let her yeah. move and stuff I mean it's a CGI fest but I still I thought it was pretty cool to see her actually move because like an alien an aliens like the part where she's coming out of the elevator eh, you know mm-hmm. she's just yeah, it's dated. Yeah, there, it's, she's clearly on like a rig. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude. But, I, I mean, Aliens is like one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, dude. And just as a franchise, the whole Aliens franchise, I, I mean, I I really love it. I love going back to that well. Um, I wish someone would have made that that, uh, that 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 original version of Alien 3 on the wooden space station. But uh, that, oh, it was a wooden planet. A- I'd read it was a red, a wooden space station. No, it's supposed to be like a planet made out of wood. Okay. Either way. Yeah. That's, and they're monks. Yeah. That's insane enough to be awesome. Yeah. Um, they kind of went with it a little bit, you know. I mean, shaved heads, monks, prisoners. Yeah. They kind of they kind of turned into monks a little bit. Um, yes. <clears throat> but um, what was I going to say? Well, the thing – I love the way the movie – the way Prometheus ends – because it ends with her and David basically teaming up. David, who's like caused all this trouble, and um, it's like just his head. I know, and I love that. I love she that. Puts, puts his head in a duffel bag. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Sorry," he's like, "It's okay." Um, but like it, it, the way it ends on like he's asking her like after everything that we've we've been through, you still like want to seek them out? She's like, "They they owe me an explanation for all mm-hmm. this." And I find that I found that to be really exciting. I'm like, that would that's like a great basis for a sequel to this. They don't it follow it. Never pays off. No, that's not what this, that's not what Covenant is about, and it's really disappointing. And you can tell that like because of the divisiveness of this movie, they went into like, oh, we're gonna put the Xenomorph in Covenant. It's, it's gonna be called Alien. The Xenomorph is there. Okay, guys, <laughs> that's, oh, that's yeah. what you want. It's an overcorrection in my eyes. Yeah, well, uh, not and that a was terrible also, movie, but and that's the era of overcorrection, right? I mean, that yeah. was, I mean, Batman vs Superman was an overcorrection to Man of Steel, and then yeah. Justice League was an overcorrection to Batman vs Superman. I mean, that's just a lot of these Hollywood movies were trying; they were overcorrecting everything. Yeah, trying to like you know the the whole thing of like giving the fans what they want is just I don't know. I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's good business. <laughs> it's not good business. Definitely not good art. Yeah, no, no, um, and and um, yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like Prometheus has its weak points, right? Let's, I mean, we haven't even talked about the hilarity of Charlie's Theron and inability to turn left. Here's the thing: um, <laughs> I know where they screwed up on that, and it has to do with the rest of the script and how it moves too fast. That would have made sense if Shaw hadn't escaped so easily, <laughs> because all Shaw does is just roll out of the way. Like, not right. even a foot, and the whole thing misses her. 
at first it's coming down on them. It looks like either of them could, can escape it, like running sideways would be futile. But then the next shot, like it just cuts to her rolling out of the way, like oh okay, and then it, and then it kills Charlize Theron. That's like an editing screw up, in a way. So like yeah. if she hadn't rolled out of the way, she had found some other kind of crafty way to like survive it. It wouldn't have been as bad at all. But like I said, Damon Lindelof kind of does things, kind of puts things in there for convenience. Well, I mean, you can also make the argument she's panicking, and so she's not in her right mind. Right. Yeah. But. Um, but still, it's silly. Yeah. Um, and but here's the one that always got me with that movie and still kind of bugs me is, OK, the whole movie takes place with them mapping that ship. Yeah, it's like docking bay. And they find that all the all the engineers are dead. Yeah. Except for the one that David finds. And they're like, oh, well, everybody's dead. That sucks. Time to go home. When the thing landed and you saw there's a whole line of other facilities behind them that they don't go into. Right. And then you sort of forget about that until the very end when then Shaw's like, oh, yeah, there's the other ship. Did you stop to think that maybe the other ship has another stasis engineer in it? Oh, she didn't know there was another ship until David reminded her at the end. Well, right. But, like, they showed that at the beginning there were other ships, right? Like when they land? Um. No, because they hadn't I finished. I thought they showed like a whole line of those facilities when that when when Prometheus lands. I don't think they mapped out that much. I think it was just that one area, right? Okay. Because she didn't know that there was one. Because David reminds her, "Hey, like, there's another ship." Like, like she thought that, that she, like when the, when the, when the ship when, when Prometheus crashed into the ship, she, that's when she was like, "We're not getting off of this planet. We're gonna die here." And that's when David's like, "There's another ship, though." It's like, "Oh, oh okay." <laughs> Oh, and that's even worse. <laughs> well, that, and, and he didn't even say there's another ship. There's like there's there's like countless other ships down there. <laughs> so, uh, t- t- again, maybe then like do some more investigating. Maybe you don't have to go to the go to the the engineer's home world. Maybe there's somebody you can talk to right there. Yeah. I, I mean, if I were her, I'd get off that planet because the, the, I because they had, he, she had had the conversation with Janet, and Janet was like, "This place is like a weapons testing facility." Like it's it's it, she even says at the end like this is a little shot there's nothing here but death. So I mean I I don't know I just think she just wanted to get off that planet. <laughs> See here's here's one way you could have made the movie a little bit better. It just popped in my head. Okay. Okay. If the plot of the movie was that the engineers are are developing a weapon to wipe out humanity because they believe that humanity killed one of their own. Yeah. What you could have done in a sequel is they could have had it where the engineers were wrong and that the space jockey that you saw in alien is that missing engineer. And they, and that engineer was heading back to earth and never came back. And so they assume that he died on earth, but instead what happened is he crashed on LV 426 where these things live and they killed him. And so it becomes this whole like misunderstanding. And then your third movie could just be Shaw and all the engineers be like, isn't that funny? We almost just like black liquid glued you guys to death. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. But, a little too much connection to Alien. I guess. But <laughs> if you're going to have to make a connection, I feel yeah. like there's better ways to do it. But yeah, I still think I still think the Xenomorph is a scarier monster when it's just out there. I think so, too. I and think the Xenomorph... That, go ahead. I was, and, and that adds to like everything that Ash says about it in Perfect Alien. Organism. And the stuff that Bishop also says about it in Aliens. And the fact that in Aliens, we learn that they're actually more intelligent 
than we give them credit for. And that become and because that's part of the whole Vietnam War metaphor yeah. in that movie is that it's an enemy we underestimate. Right. Um, and um, yeah, so like, anyway, you were going to say something. I was going to say, I think the xenomorph is the best monster created in the United States. As far as American sure. monster movies go, I think it's the best one. Sure. I think it. I don't. And I don't think anyone will ever be able to top it for a very long time. Not mimic. <laughs> Not Jeepers Creepers. God no. Um, Freddy may, Krueger. Maybe the Velociraptor. Or the T Rex. <laughs> Fred Krueger. <laughs> no, I think Xenomorph. I mean, like, I I, I can look at Freddy Krueger and laugh. I look at a Xenomorph. I'm still like. Ugh. <laughs> you know, like not and not just like how it looks, but like I know like what had what had to happen for you to be bored. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean and that's the thing is it's like I just love the idea that in space there is this inexplicable thing that you could just happen upon. And that to me is way scarier than these engineers made it as a biological weapon. Or they or they or they made a biological weapon that turned into this. They weren't necessarily intending to make the xenomorph. It's an emergent phenomenon from this weapon they made that was sort of outside of their control. But right. which actually, in way, okay, now I'll I'll go back around on this a little bit. That that actually does kind of add to the engineers. They have a really bad habit of creating things that get outside of their control. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> They're bad engineers, just like bad science. Everybody's bad at everything in these movies. Really Except for David. About, I really want to talk about Covenant because <laughs> there's some things that happen that kind of like addresses what you're saying. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like this movie. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, I enjoy it. I don't think it's as good as Alien or Aliens. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, uh, I enjoy it in the same way I enjoy Alien 3. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not bad in the same way that like Alien Resurrection is bad or like Alien, Alien versus Predator Requiem or any of that crap. Um, <clears throat> but you know, I look at it as start as, as goth Star Trek. It's a in terms of like a fun blockbuster, it might be the best looking one we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, you know, um. And uh, I think a lot of people who make blockbusters today, whether they're Marvel, Star Wars, whatever, I think they, I mean, they would be lucky to have a movie look like to look like this. In a day when blockbusters look so samey now, especially if they're made from you know, this Disney, we have a, a tendency to have these factory-looking films coming out these days, and this is this is not one of them, you know. No, it's and I mean, just the iconic image of the of the giant head. I love it. Yeah. I mean. That's you see that you know, like, oh Prometheus like it's an instantly identifiable thing right right um, <clears throat> yeah so. no it's a good it's a good looking movie yeah um, I love the technology on the on the Prometheus um, though it does kind of break Alien again because you know why is Alien you know all I mean, the ships I, have these I, like CRTs and stuff but I get why you like is because there's so much of that translucent green everywhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you know me. You know how I love my translucent green. <laughs> and it, it's everywhere in this movie. It's it's in the it's in the pod. It's on the it's the basketball rim. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the or whatever that's called. I don't do, I don't do sports. I don't the know. backboard. The backboard. Yeah. Yep. It's on it's on Ziggy's little machine. Um, <laughs> oh wait, that's, yeah, he's that's, on it. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. 
Oh um, God, help help us if if David gets a hold of Ziggy. Uh. But uh, but no, I, I yeah, it's, again, like it's it, for me, what I think of Prometheus the most is that it's the first time I've had like a pretty dramatic conversion experience on a movie where I went from yeah. absolute like like you said militantly hating it where it's like i need you uh, i need everyone to understand how bad this movie is <laughs> right to now being like actually i was wrong it's pretty good mm-hmm. um it's operating on a level that i didn't give it credit en- enough credit for at the time because i was expecting it to be an alien film and it wasn't it ne- was not meant to be an alien film. yeah i definitely bought into the marketing a little too much i just remember being so uncontrollably hyped for it and another thing was that like all the aliens movies sucked leading up to this. <laughs> like right. the last like good one you could argue was Alien Three, and right. the Alien Resurrection was a disappointment, and all those Alien vs Predator movies were disappointments, and then all those Predator movies were kind of disappointments. And then it's like, oh, so we're like we're gonna try to make them good again, nice. And well, it was good, but yeah. it was not as good. It did not rise to the occasion the way Alien or Aliens did. Well, I mean, it does remind you, too, that as much as people give Ridley Scott all this attention for Alien, um, he was Alien was a major collaborative effort. And it wouldn't be what it was without Dan O'Bannon and and obviously, of course, Giger's design. And also, uh, you know, I will give Dan O'Bannon credit for conceptualizing. um, But Walter Hill's draft of O'Bannon's screenplay is an all-timer mm-hmm. like if if you ever have time to do to look up a script look up the walter hill draft of alien and it's like terrifying to read through really? um, just the prose alone is i've never read any script like it before in my life um and i i don't i don't think damon lindelof wrote a script that could. <laughs> he's good well, I, I could i i've come around to lindelof because i really loved watchmen right i think a he's a good come around on him with leftovers and watchmen yeah but he, he's no Walter Hill. Walter Hill is like a legend. Um, so, you know, it's the whole adage. Like, if you have an okay script, you're probably going to get an okay movie, depending on how good of a director you are, even if you're Ridley Scott. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, it's like, it's like, it's like a lot of these new Hollywood guys, with probably the exception of, like, Scorsese and Spielberg, yeah. they need, they really need some other people on their team to, like, help them out mm-hmm. um like because like george lucas is a classic example <laughs> yeah that you know star wars wouldn't be anything if it weren't for like his ex-wife if it weren't for you know just you know lawrence kasdan and all that. i mean just so, industrial light and magic you yeah know, doing their whole thing um he hired yeah, i just realized though but like of the new hollywood types spielberg can pretty much do no wrong he's got two kind of dense in his career um, i'm looking forward to his next movie yeah what's that one again it's um it's kind of like based on his life when he was a kid oh yeah and seth rogan is playing his uncle yeah but it's a little <laughs> it's a little on the nose the title of it is the fablemans mm. fable yeah 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 <laughs> But I'm still looking um, forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I haven't seen introspective Steven Spielberg in a very long time. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, and then we've got... Um, but then I was also thinking about, like... Then there's old Jimmy Cam. Oh, yeah, dude. James Cameron, dude, is a... <sighs> you know, the reason... You know, the, he before he jumped on the Avatar train, 
that he designed. He was actually producing um, Guillermo del Toro's In the Mouth of Madness, mm. which is a story not that dissimilar to Prometheus' story. Well, that's kind of what everybody's been saying is that it sort of ripped off. Yeah. And that's kind of why they didn't make it is because yeah. of this movie, because of Prometheus. And I read the script to, to that movie. It's not, not, not great, uh, but it is kind of the same story. Mm-hmm. It's not that different at all. Yeah. Interesting that, you know, Cameron was involved with that and Ridley Scott was over here. Just sort of, you know, yeah, close. that was, that was universal. And this is 20th century Fox. So, but look, man, <clears throat> James Cameron is an awesome director and I love avatar. So <laughs> yeah, the age of avatar is upon us. Dude, the new Ubisoft Avatar game was announced at E3. It looks awesome. I didn't look at it, but I heard about it. Um, Someone told yeah. me that it was it was uh, hilarious, like unintentionally hilarious. <laughs> oh, is it? I don't know. I haven't seen the trailer. I've just been okay. reading articles. About All right. It. All right. Well, let's take a look. What I'm what I'm what I'm interested in is the well. The fact is that and every time that somebody here's a hacky thing. If you're if you're if you're writing anything on the internet and you're listening to our podcast, here's a hacky thing not to do: to make jokes about how forgettable Avatar is. Yeah, yeah. It's played out. It's so played out. If I had to read Kotaku one more time, making a joke about like I had to go rewatch Avatar, just remember what that movie was about. <laughs> um, look, yes, it has not. It has not. It has not ingratiated itself into the uh, American pop culture consciousness the way that a lot of that a lot of other films have. Um, there is, I, but so don't do that. But I will say, just as an aside, I, I sent you this message about it. And I thought this is an interesting little theory that's kind of cooking around out there. Is that part of the reason that it didn't is because it is so anti-American imperialistic huh. that there are factors that have tried to bury it because it's it doesn't fit with you know because you know you've got all the Marvel movies which are very pro military industrial complex and, and they get a, a lot of help from the DoD. They do, and so those movies are huge, but yeah. the movie that is literally about the U.S. getting beat by by people in a jungle. <laughs> um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you, you do have to kind of count. That means, like, you know, Marvel makes the movies. They, they The reason why they can make movies so expensive is because of the military subsidies they get mm-hmm. from including the military and the government and stuff. Um, and also repaying them by doing like advertisements for them, apparently. Um, what else? So like James Cameron, you know, he, no, no, no military officer is going to like read a James Cameron avatar script and be like, oh, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll sign off on this. Totally. <laughs> uh, here's your millions of dollars. No way. Uh, not going to happen. So I mean he has to, and he has to pay for so that means he has to pay for it all out of pocket, not subsidize at all, and still use like military, you know, style, you know, props and, and things like that. Oh yeah. So it's, it's pretty penny. Yeah, it's, I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting little theory that's floating around out there. But anyway, so um, but you know, to conclude our Prometheus conversation. Yeah. Um. The rumor that the, 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 the supposedly on July 8th or July 18th, one of those days, the truth about the aliens is supposed to come out. There's like this Reddit thread that has gotten the gain a bit of notoriety that's saying that either July 8th or July 18th, the aliens are going to make themselves known to humanity. 
So the question is, dude, if they do, does that does that does that change our does are we going to all be like the people in Prometheus? Are we all going to just like are we going to assume that you know like they made us, or is it going to change our our religious beliefs? Are we going to you know what? Are we just I'm going to start vaporizing our 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 helmets. I mean, what are we going to do? I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna buy a cross and I'm gonna take it off and I'm gonna be like, well, I guess I don't need this anymore. <laughs> buy it doesn't take it off. <laughs> Actually, is that that'll be the extent of my theological uh, uh, conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. But we we, we are approaching. I mean. The, <laughs> This is going to be a weird summer, dude. I don't know. I just, I think that, I think that the idea, I mean, like, do I believe that we were like seeded by aliens or something? I don't know. But the idea that if there's a creator out there that is, you know, tweaking with existence and, you know, create, you know, creating something like us, just to say that that creator is not also doing it out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, but like I said, I've, I've, I've just sort of operated under the assumption that like, it's probably out there and one day we'll know. And like, we may find out, we may find out that it is, and we may find out conclusively that it's not. And for me, it doesn't change things either way. That's just how I've been operating for a very long time in my life. Interesting. Um, well, but, we'll definitely touch on this more. Yes. Next week. Uh, yes. anything else you want to say about Prometheus? Cause I think we're at the, we're at the end of our episode. Yeah, we are. Uh, it, 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 it's good. If you hated it, rewatch it. It's worth it. Yeah, it's on HBO Max. Give it a give it a shot, and uh, rewatch Alien and Aliens. Good movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, well, that's that's all we have for today. Uh, I want to thank Father Chuck for being here. You're welcome. And I want always to thank, a good time. And I'd like to thank our, our audience for listening and for watching. Be sure to leave a comment, uh, like, and subscribe. Do all that stuff, and um, we'll see you again next week. Have a wonderful week. Good journey. Good journey. Mm-hmm.